Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Wednesday, which means it's basically just a news day. So we've got some stories to discuss as well as their implications. So without further ado, let's go ahead and sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. All right. Good morning, everyone tuning in on Instagram and on YouTube this morning. Dakota, how are you doing? Good to see you all holding back a sneeze this morning. So bear with me here. <laughs> bear with me. Uh, but we have some news to talk about. We have some news to talk about. We'll start things off. Yesterday, uh, we talked about, of course, the injuries that happened in Monday Night Football with that being Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence. We didn't know the exact severity and what everything truly was. Now we know. Now we know Trevor Lawrence is unfortunately high ankle effed. He has picked up a high ankle sprain and is, well, it's weird, not officially reported as out this week. Trevor Lawrence still has an outside shot to play with this high ankle sprain. If you'll remember back to last playoffs, we had Patrick Mahomes pick up a high ankle sprain in the divisional round against the Jaguars and then go on to win the AFC Championship and then the Super Bowl while playing through that injury. So it's not unheard of for a quarterback to play through a high ankle sprain. However, I do think that the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl lend a little bit more understanding as to why someone would play through it. I think looking at the Jaguars' schedule, seeing that they're still first in their division and can probably still eke into a wild card slot with a couple losses, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm probably going to sit Trevor Lawrence for at least one week potentially two, because they have the Browns this week and then the Ravens next week, who are both really, really tough defenses. And I just don't want to risk my quarterback against those defenses. I mean, we already saw the Ravens in particular take out two quarterbacks this season for the rest of the year. Uh, and then, I mean, the Browns, they're just a really good defense in general. Now, of course, these are both competitive AFC South or AFC teams that they will be going against in the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, so, I mean, you, you kind of want to beat them for the head-to-head matchup, but still, I think that overall the health of your quarterback is a bit more important right now because after these next two games, they'll have matchups against the Buccaneers, the Panthers, and the Titans, which are all very, very winnable matchups, especially if you have 100% Trevor Lawrence. So that's what I think they should do is bench him for the next couple weeks, at least this week against the Browns. But as things are standing right now, Trevor Lawrence is reportedly going to rehab day and night uh, and really not stopping trying to get this ankle healed up to be able to go back to war on Sunday with his fellows. Now, his his little teammate, Christian Kirk, his injury was a core muscle injury and does need surgery to get it fixed. He is expected to miss six to eight weeks. So that's basically season ending. Uh, even if the pay, or even if the Jaguars make a deep playoff run, he's likely 
going to be out for all of it. Uh, so unfortunately, a, a, a poor end to his season where uh, having another really good season with Trevor Lawrence and on the Jaguars offense, still earning his massive contract. Wish him the best in his recovery and hopefully he can bounce back for 2024. But I would have to assume that he's out for really it all, really for the rest of it, unless they make the Super Bowl. He might be able to make an appearance, but I, I doubt that's the case here. Now, with this all being said, with the Trevor Lawrence injury, uh, right now what we know is that C.J. Beathard is the backup quarterback. We talked a little bit yesterday that they do have Nathan Rourke also on their practice squad, the CFL legend, who they could activate to their active roster. But I'm assuming if Trevor Lawrence is out, they'll at least roll with C.J. Beathard once to see how he does before maybe going to Rourke, depending on Trevor Lawrence's recovery. With C.J. Beathard, we saw 14 snaps. He played 14 snaps. I did just want to point this out as I saw it. Uh, four times Evan Ingram caught the ball in those 14 snaps. So basically, uh, Evan Ingram is the person that you're going to want here uh, on the Jaguars offense. Uh, I mean, Parker Washington, definitely worth an ad if he cleared waivers, which I doubt he did, but if, or if they haven't processed yet, go bid up on him, maybe 10 to 15%, uh, just because I mean, it's that time of year. If you've still got some fun money left, might as well use it on a guy who's likely going to see some volume. I mean, we already saw he had six catches, not too bad. Right. So, um, Look for Evan Ingram to be the one getting the most volume from C.J. Beathard, but also get Parker Washington. Zay Jones is probably going to be fine. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I'm going to say less so. I think Calvin Ridley's going to lose some ceiling here. And Travis Etienne, I think, also remains about the same. I mean, he's probably going to get a few more carries as they lean on running backs when the backup is in. Uh, but still, Evan Ingram, the pass catcher, that probably sees the most uptick here. Uh, and C.J. Beathard probably going to get the start for one week if Lawrence is out and maybe Rourke, but I, I doubt it at this point. I feel like it would have heard something. Another injury, Ramondre Stevenson also picked up a high ankle sprain officially. Uh, we knew it was an ankle injury. We knew he was going to miss some time, but he is also battling a high ankle sprain. This is definitely a worse injury for running backs. This could potentially sideline him the rest of the season, especially since the Patriots are in rough shape anyway. I doubt we really see much Ramondre this year which means it's going to be the Ezekiel Elliott show rest of season, unless they decide to bring in some friend running back from free agency, which at this point is basically none. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, we saw get a ton of carries and also had four receptions in Ramondre Stevenson's absence. If he's going to get volume like that, then I mean, ladies and gentlemen, he's got to be started, uh, even especially in PPR formats. Maybe in standard leagues, you could stay away because he's not going to get you many touchdowns and that's what you're looking for for him. But I mean, it sounds like in PPR leagues, based on that usage, that he's going to get you to at least 10 points a week. And that's not the worst floor in the world with those with those receptions. So Ezekiel Elliott looking like someone you can start in PPR leagues in the absence of Ramondre Stevenson, but I would probably stay away in standard leagues. And if your trade deadline hasn't passed, I might try to sell Ezekiel Elliott to see what you can get. Basically, I would say for any anything that you think you could start a bit more than Ezekiel Elliott, because again, in standard leagues, you're going to be depending on touchdowns. And you're just not going to get those on a guy on the Patriots offense. I mean, it is just abysmal right now. And it gets even worse without Ramondre Stevenson. Another injury that we have some more news on is the Kenny Pickett injury. Uh, he is undergoing this ankle surgery and is expected to miss anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, it really just depends on terms in terms of the recovery of how good Mitchell Trubisky plays, I would say. If Mitchell Trubisky comes out and plays fine, I think that we're going to be on the longer end of this recovery uh, as the Steelers will still be able to make their playoff push without Kenny Pickett. It's not like he was doing that well anyway. So I'm not going to give a certain like, oh, he's going to return in two weeks. I think if anything, Mitchell Trubisky is going to play fine. They'll beat the Patriots on Thursday, probably win their second game with him as well. And then they'll just be like, you know what, Kenny Pickett, take your time. But 
that's not really what we're here for in terms of speculation. We want to know what to do. And it looks like Trubisky is going to be startable in super flex leagues, in my opinion. Uh, I know it's Mitchell Trubisky, but we have seen some ceiling games from him in the past. And I mean, it's still the Steelers offense, which has some decent weapons and a, and a decent system going on, especially now that Matt Canada has left. Mitchell Trubisky threw a touchdown pass last week. That is something that Kenny Pickett hasn't done since week nine. So it's nice to see the touchdown come from Trubisky. And I think that we're going to see some more of those, even if there's turnovers. I think that just the Steelers offense as a whole gets a small little uptick because he's not afraid to sling the ball. In fact, in an interview yesterday, he said against the Patriots on Thursday that he's going to be aggressive. So I'm assuming he's just going to go out there and sling the ball and play some football. And that's what you want to see from a quarterback, at least in terms of what you want your wide receivers to get. Tons of volume probably going to be going George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryer Muse way, which is great to hear. So uh, fire up your Pickens maybe against the Patriots. Maybe don't start up your Trubisky, but I don't know. Either way, he's going to probably score a touchdown, I think, which is which is good to see, especially in the uh, in the way that we've seen Kenny Pickett play, not scoring touchdowns. So uh, Trubisky, probably going to be the starter for at least, I'm going to go three weeks at least for him. Some other news we have in the Jets quarterback room. Jets have signed quarterback Brett Rippon and released quarterback Tim Boyle after his two starts. Tim Boyle was not good, and Trevor Simeon came in and was not good. So they decided to make a move. They signed Brett Rippon off the Seahawks practice squad. Now, Brett Rippon has started a game this year and was also not that good. So I don't really know what they're expecting here with this move, but I guess they just wanted to do something. There is an outside chance that Brett Rippon gets a start here in a couple weeks. I think that we'll see Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson this week. But then after Brett Rippon gets comfortable in the room, then we might see Brett Rippon throw the ball for the Jets uh, as they really just give up on their season and try to get to the end of it at this point. Now, the Jets. What were they thinking going into this year? Why did they let Mike White leave? Why did they let Joe Flacco leave? Those were great backup quarterbacks. And we're seeing Joe Flacco now last week play really well for the Browns. And I imagine Mike White would do better than Brett Rippon, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, uh, just based on his historical uh, performances on the New York Jets. So I don't know what the hell the Jets were doing, letting those backup quarterbacks walk, because now they found themselves in really just an impossible situation uh, to, to try to finish out this year. They've really taken themselves out of the playoff hunt. They've ruined the confidence of their young quarterback, Zach Wilson, who they, you know, thought that the uh, mentorship coming from Aaron Rodgers would be enough to, you know, at least let him improve a tiny bit. And we saw really not much improvement at all. So really it was just an entire malpractice, an entire failure from the Jets front office and the, in the uh, team building room. Uh, and it, it sucks. It really sucks to see because I imagine the Jets would be in the playoffs with this really good defense if they had just held on to Joe Flacco or Mike White even for that matter. And we probably would have had fantasy relevance from Garrett Wilson with Mike White, which would have been awesome. So really just sucks to see from the Jets. I don't know what they were thinking going into this year. And I honestly don't know what they're thinking with the Brett Rippon move. He's not that good. I mean, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't, like, what? Why? Why do they? Why are they going to go from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle to Trevor Simeon to Brett Rippon? Is there not someone out there that's a bit more exciting than any of these guys? And I, I don't, I don't know what they're seeing, what they're doing. It is just, it is, it is terrible. It is really just malpractice from the front office in the New York Jets uh, building. Really, really bad to see. Some other updates: We have Kenyon Drake signing with the Packers. This really doesn't mean too much, but just a slow, slow-ish news day. Just felt like I'd throw it in here. Uh, he's been signing with team after team after team after team this year uh, and really hasn't been able to do anything. Uh, so I'm not expecting this to really turn into any fantasy relevance here, but it does show that the Packers still are not trusting A.J. Dillon. And then also that Aaron Jones probably is not healthy for at least one more week here. 
So look for the Packers to still rely on A.J. Dillon, but also mix in their Emmanuel Wilson, their Patrick Taylor, their Kenyon Drake, their James Robinson, uh, get them each like a carry or two, but not expecting much here from Kenyon Drake. Just an interesting signing to point out. Uh, Also, the Vikings. The Vikings will have a press conference today with Kevin O'Connell to announce the starting quarterback. We talked a couple weeks ago now, but with the Vikings going into their bye week last week, that they were potentially going to make a quarterback switch as Josh Dobbs had kind of fallen off the cliff a bit, not really playing as well as he did the first couple games on the Vikings, similar to what he did on the Cardinals. Started off really well and then got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as he learned the playbook, which is just odd to me. Uh, And that's what we saw here in Minnesota. However, he is still expected to be the starter per some reports out there. Uh, Of course, not known for sure, not set in stone yet, but that is what is being reported is that Josh Dobbs is expected to be announced the starter one more time at least. And I think that makes sense. I think it's extremely fair to let Josh Dobbs have one game with Justin Jefferson as he will be activated and playing this week. You've got to at least give Josh Dobbs a half with Justin Jefferson. And then if he doesn't play well, sure, you can go use Mullins or Jaron Hall, whatever. And that is what I will say also. Yes, Josh Dobbs is probably going to be starting this week, but even if he is announced the starter in Kevin O'Connell's press conference today, there's still a chance that he gets benched after this week if he doesn't play well. If that's the case, it'll probably be Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall. If you have some room in your Superflex leagues, I would highly recommend stashing both of those guys going forward in case they become the starter because they have TJ Hawkinson. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Jordan Addison to throw the ball to. They will be relevant in your Superflex leagues. So go ahead and start stashing those guys in case Dobbs does get benched. A guy who is remaining benched is Tyrod Taylor as the Giants are deciding to lean into Tommy DeVito's magnificence over the past couple weeks. He's thrown for 437 yards and four touchdowns with no turnovers, picking up two back-to-back Ws heading into the Giants bye week. Tyrod Taylor is healthy now and was expected to return and potentially start, but the Giants are not starting Tyrod Taylor they will be rolling with Tommy DeVito. So just a little clap and then a little Italian hand gesture for Mr. DeVito. And finally, guys, finally, this isn't major news or anything, but we do have some playoff spots that can be clinched this weekend. The Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys all can clinch wins this weekend with a win. Now, the Eagles and Cowboys are playing each other, so we're all probably only going to see two teams clinch, but still very cool to see. And in that regard, the Eagles, while able to clinch the playoffs this weekend, also have Dallas Goddard returning. So go ahead and drop your Jack Stoles, your Alberto Kubik Boonhams. Nothing happened with those guys. Dallas Goddard's going to be back and he's going to get some volume. Now, I will also say this, with Dallas Goddard returning, I'm not expecting him to get his full workload. I think he will be eased in. I mean, of course, we're still going to see probably at least four receptions for him. But for those of you who maybe roster Devontae Smith, Uh, and, you know, have been seeing this awesome performances from him the past few weeks in Dallas Goddard's absence. I still do think Devontae Smith is going to get a ton of volume as well. I mean, this is going to be a shootout against the Cowboys. So don't panic if you own Devontae Smith or even A.J. Brown for that matter. Dallas Goddard's not going to take anything away from them in his first game back. Maybe next week we could start to see some volume, extra volume go Dallas Goddard's way. But for now, still fire up your Devontae Smiths and your A.J. Browns. Well, of course, I mean, you weren't really questioning it anyway, but just to be sure. But just to be sure, that is all the news I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and check out some questions, and then uh, we'll get you out of here. We'll get you out of here. All right. Good morning, everyone. Would you drop Ramondre or the Falcons defense to pick up Kate Gainwell? Um, 
I guess I would drop, to be honest, it, I guess Ramondre. I guess Ramondre, looking at this, I don't think, I mean, what, we're going into week 14 now, and he has a high ankle sprain? I mean, that's going to be at least three weeks. So, I mean, we're talking about championship week at most where he'll be able to return. And then in that case, I mean, who knows what kind of workload he's even going to be able to handle or even the Patriots are going to be able to be competitive. I mean, it's just, I think, I mean, the best move is just to throw him on IR, on your IR slot, if you could do that. Um, and, and I mean, well, and then I guess my other question here to you, Steven, is if the Falcons defense is your only defense, don't drop them. But if they're your second defense, go for it. I'm definitely in the camp to where you should never, ever, ever roster more than two defenses in a fantasy football league. There's just no point for it. There's absolutely no point. It's too much of a crapshoot to waste a roster spot on two DSTs. So if the Falcons are your second one just sitting on the bench, definitely drop them. Otherwise, I think you can safely drop Ramondre, but I might wait just, uh, you know, maybe till tomorrow to see if Bill Belichick says anything about the timetable or if he lands on IR short term or anything like that. JSN or Godwin this week. Godwin's been killing me. Just go with JSN, man. He, I mean, it's Jackson Smith the Jigba season. We saw him break out on Thursday night football. I know the touchdown was overturned, but still he led the Seahawks in receptions and targets and played really, really well. So Jackson Smith the Jigba, I think that I think it's time for him to shine. Go ahead and start him over Godwin, who has been very disappointing. The 21-day window has opened for Josh Palmer. That is great news. We said a few weeks ago to start stashing him in case uh, it does get activated and he can return this season. I do not think it'll be this week, but if he does return within the next couple weeks, then he'll definitely be able to be started uh, as the Chargers have no one. Austin Eckler is dust, uh, and it's really just Keenan Allen. So Josh Palmer would definitely be relevant again if uh, if he does get like fully activated onto the active roster. All right. Um the Jets are comically compounding bad decision after bad decision. This is true. It's just, it's honestly just hilarious watching what it, what they're doing. Um, yes, the 49ers did release TDP. Uh, we'll probably break that, break this down. If he signs anywhere else, uh, maybe the Patriots would sign him given the injury to Ramondre, but um, it's not like he did too much in San Francisco. So I can't really expect too much from him, but still he was released. Is it crazy to consider starting Matthew Stafford over, uh patty in week 15 oh patrick mahomes uh i mean no (laughs) no i mean matthew stafford's playing really well and you give the matchups here against the cardinal or against the commanders and then patrick mahomes would be against the patriots who have been really really good the last few weeks so i think we could go with the floor play here and say it's matthew stafford who also probably has a better ceiling than patrick mahomes against the patriots um so yeah should i play stroud or stream Minshew this week I know Stroud is playing the Jets, but I think you've probably got to go him over Minshew. Uh, I don't know who the Colts are playing off the top of my head. I haven't looked at all the matchups and everything for this week uh, yet. But uh, I'm going to probably just lean Stroud in my head right now. I mean, it's still still Stroud. Like, he's still really good at football, even if it's a tough defense in the New York Jets. Saquon, Mostert, or Cook? Just go with Saquon. Just go with Saquon. And then and someone on Instagram asks, what's the word on Brian Robinson's hamstring injury? Will uh, Antonio Gibson get workload going forward? Uh, this There is not much information out there. I believe the commander's on a bye week, if memory serves me correctly. So we probably won't hear anything this week um, at all, if we're going to be honest here. They're, they're really not going to say much. They're just going to say, oh, we're going to use this bye week to evaluate the injury. And then we'll probably hear some more next week. It was a hamstring injury, which means, I mean, if they were to play this week, he would probably be out. But I do think with the bye, that'll give him some extra time to be healthy and be able to play uh, going forward. 
Uh, Herbert's rest of season looks tough. Should I trust him through the process or stream week by week? Uh, it really just depends. You're going to have to do it on a matchup by matchup basis. And then also who is available on your waiver wire. But I definitely do think that there are options better than Justin Herbert on a week to week basis, just because a, the offense hasn't looked that great. He hasn't looked that great. And then if it's a tough schedule, I mean, there, there's, a, there's other options out there for sure at the quarterback position, especially if it's a single quarterback league. So that is all the questions. That was all the news. You all have a wonderful Wednesday, a fantastic rest of your week. And I'll see you all tomorrow here on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk about some Thursday night football preview. We'll talk about whatever news comes through, and it's going to be good. So I hope to see you all then. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Have a good one. Oh, and tune in to Trade Gods tonight. Trade Gods tonight at 8 p.m. as we will be breaking down some trade value, some players to target for your playoff push, some players to get rid of before the season ends, as well as some deep, deep, deep players to target in trades while they're still cheap as they won't be next season. And I'll be with special guest Matt Babich. So make sure you tune into that at 8 p.m. tonight. Have a good one. Peace.